0: Hello, uh, welcome to Faith in Entrepreneurship. Um, I'm going to be doing a series, I'm going to be doing a series, <laughs> interviewing uh, people that inspire me, you know, my friends, other business owners, fellow entrepreneurs, and today is the first one with the OG, the guy that got me in business, Mr. Ahad Birani. <laughs> and uh, so I just want to do a brief intro, tell you a little bit about him and then embarrass him with uh, saying nice things. <laughs> so Ahad is a successful business owner, real estate investor. Uh, he and I have been friends for almost a decade now um, and his story of building everything from nothing is really what first inspired me to get into business. And I know, you know it will inspire and encourage anybody so I definitely encourage you to listen to this while you're doing dishes or driving or whatever. Uh, so Ahad and I first met at the University of Texas at Arlington. We were actually put in the same intro to engineering class. Me and Ahad and my business partner now Jeremy, all three of us, which is kind of funny, we're all s- still friends now um and you know he really made a quick impression on me when i discovered his side business related to flipping phones and i never met anyone that had done that kind of thing and i really just thought that it was brilliant at the time so this was around 2011 2012 and you know either everybody had a phone or wanted a phone so and you know it was his hard work and you know very smart market timing that inspired me and kind of lit my entrepreneurial fire and he quickly became my unofficial official mentor I started trying to emulate his success and asking him lots of questions along the way about, you know, just different things related to flipping phones. You know, he's always gracious and kind, provided me any insight. You know, we we used to text like mad, like all the time, um, and so we just became good friends over the years. And I've had the privilege of getting to know him more and more, and you know, we've helped each other through hard times, especially with dealing with Amazon. You know, we'll get into that later. And it's just been awesome watching him become a successful business owner, and investor, and just kind of grow together. So, thanks for joining me,
1: Matt. Thank you for the very <laughs> generous uh, introduction. Thanks for having me. Um,
0: I'm honored. Yeah, yeah. And this is this is uh, actually our second attempt at doing this because I, I hit the mute button and <laughs> <laughs> accidentally after the first try, so we had to start over. Whoops. Um, but yeah, so you know, I really just wanted to try to you know, capture, share a bit about your story, the journey, because uh, I really think it's going to be helpful, inspiring for other people and just kind of dig into some of the details. So I guess, like, we could just start in the beginning. Like, how did you first, like, do you remember the first time you started thinking about, like, getting to your own own business, or what was the first thing that kind of, like, put you on that traje- trajectory?
1: Uh, sure, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, so I'm 27 now, and I started doing all this, like originally, originally, probably around like when I was 13 or 14 years old. Um, and, and the story's kind of weird, you know, like basically I had gotten my, my first smartphone and it was a it was a T-Mobile Dash. Mm-hmm. And that was like back in the day, I was like one of the first Windows phones. Yeah. Um, and I got it and, and I had a girlfriend at the time and I was like 13, 14 years old. I wanted to get her a gift. I think it was like her birthday or something. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whatever I wanted to buy her, it was, I, I don't remember how much it was, but it cost some money, so I went to my dad Dad, can I borrow some money, I wanna buy a gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, uh, that's, that's not that so, so, you know, I get online and I make an eBay account under my mom's name, a PayPal account under my mom's name. And Did I you s-
0: ask her to do that? No, this? <laughs> no. And yeah. I sold the phone. Yeah, And yeah, I okay. got
1: paid and, and, you know, and I didn't have a bank account, it went in her bank account. Uh-huh. And so then I had to tell her and I
0: was like, hey, I sold my phone. I sold my phone. Can I have the money? Right. <laughs> I mean I went and like
1: bought like this terrible flip phone and with the difference I went and bought a, a gift. Nice. And so,
0: do you remember what the gift was? I do. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was a uh,
1: it was a, uh, a Tiffany's necklace. Oh nice. you no. Know, a necklace from Tiffany's. Yeah.
0: All right. He went to, you went right to the jewelry. Okay, so it was so so kind of the first thing that kind of got your taste was uh, you wanted to get some money so yep. you could get a gift for a girl and then yeah. Okay, so how did that progress from there? Um, so, so then I just started eBaying stuff like that was like
1: in my house, like like old speakers and, and whatever else, like calculators, whatever you could find.
0: So, when you were selling the stuff, were you like intentionally saving the money so you could buy more stuff to sell? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh that's yeah. that's how it was. Uh, and so at some point, I just like ran out of stuff that nobody in the house was using. Uh, you know, I was really careful not to sell any of my sister's stuff, but <laughs> but you know, so like, at some point, you're like, all right, I've sold everything in the house. Yeah. Where can I find more stuff to sell? Because it's kind of addicting. You get like this email yeah. that, and it's like sold and you got paid. Yeah. And
0: Do you remember like approximately like, how much money you saved doing that? Like through, throughout middle school, high school, like, well, just, just like the, in, from the beginning, like just, just, uh, selling the stuff in your house before you started. Oh, sure. Up. Uh, you know, I'd probably like maybe six or $700, okay, of, yeah. you
1: know, enough to, to go and buy a couple like phones. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, so that kind of like gets me into like phones. Um, okay,
0: so you're selling stuff in your house, and then you run out of stuff to sell in your house, and then you're thinking like, okay, what else can I do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, essentially. Um, and, that's, and I jumped on Craigslist, and I started I started buying like phones. So what was it that made you think of phones? I guess it
1: was the first thing I sold, and it
0: sold fast. Oh. So I was yeah. like,
1: you know, so I was like, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I like put like the the T-Mobile dash up for sale, and and it sold probably like within like 24 hours, and like everything else I had like put up for sale, it took it took a second. And so I was like, oh, interesting, you know,
0: like, the, so the phone sold fast. Velocity. Yeah. 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 Fast. Okay. Yeah. The, I, I, that's just so fascinating to me. So the, the, the way that that progressed. Okay. So you, know, you save a few hundred dollars, you start looking for other phones, you know, like b- before you were 18, you know, like how, how many phones do you think you really started flipping before then? Like through your high school years, was it like start, did it become, was it like a few, you know, a month or did you? You start going hard. Uh,
1: you know, like in high school. All right, so so let me let me explain the whole phone thing real quick. Um, basically, it's so like when I was like fourteen, fifteen, before I had a car, mm-hmm. um, I started buying iPhones. You know, because like iPhones had this. There's an interesting thing about iPhones. They they were for AT and T, and so if you bought one that was an AT and T iPhone, you'd have to jailbreak it and put like Cydia on it and and do like this. Weird, like, a bunch of stuff to get it unlocked so you can use it. On an and then you network. couldn't update it. Uh, like, very, like, weird things. But if you did all that, if you bought a phone that was locked and you did all that, mm-hmm.
0: unlocked it. And then people could take it to other countries and use it.
1: Yeah, there was a price discrepancy. You, you'd, get, yes. you'd get, like, an extra $100, $150 for, for an
0: unlocked phone. Yeah,
1: so you'd on Craigslist and you'd try to find as many, like, locked iPhones as you could that weren't on the latest software because the mm. unlock would never be available for the latest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, and then, and then you'd buy them and sell them. Yeah, so yeah, I started yeah. doing that, you know, and, and that's how I kind of got into the business.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, so the so how many do you think you did though in those early years? Like, because I know later on it <laughs> got, got a lot, but I'm just trying to think like yeah, you know, like while you were still in high school. It's that's a tough number to
1: like yeah you know, for me to like actually think about. Um, you know, because really like there was a point in time where I think after high school, after I was done with classes, a buddy of mine like we would run around. Like, when we had cars, we'd run around Craigslist and just set up deals. And he would be, like, on his phone setting up, like, on Craigslist, like, oh, you know, we got to pick up here and there. And so I was driving all the way from Richardson, Plano, down to, like, you know, Crowley, Burleson. And so every day, you know, know, some days we'd pick up 20 or 30 iPhones, and some days we'd only get five. Um, But there was never a day that we got none. And it was something where we would do it Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, like every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so you were doing
0: this with friends most of the time. With one friend, well, yeah, one with one, one one good
1: friend, friend. friend. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, you know, I had the eBay stuff covered, and he was really good. So at negotiating, and and when we'd get there, you know, if we saw like a scratch or something on the phone, you would negotiate even more and and just build your margin up. Of course. Um, so, so yeah, it was a really weird business, but we got
0: in. Yeah, yeah, at the right time. Totally. So were you guys like? Because this is something I did, you know, after you know I got into it from you inspiring me in college. Would you guys post ads like on Craigslist, like we buy phones, or were you just hitting up everyone that had a posting? Hitting up everyone that had a posting to the point where at at, at some level
1: the guys. So uh, let me let me go back. When we started, there were no posts. There was like nobody posting, mm. and this market was very new. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when people did start posting, hey, we want to buy phones we would like message those people and say hey can we buy, phones we buy your from phones. you yeah you know and some people were really rude and they'd like cuss you out and get really upset um, you know but some people would be like yeah yeah let's make a deal and your margin would go down but you'd get like Ten. 20 at a time or 10 at a time or whatever mm-hmm. and so that's yeah. kind of like how you got into the business yeah on some level you're just dealing with guys that are buying the phones off craigslist
0: holding them for you and then you you're just meeting yep. two or three guys yeah, um, so so you you basically start to cultivate relationships yeah. with people you because this is what happened to me when I started I would run into the same people. I'd be like bro. This is like the fourth time. You sold me a phone like what yeah. we need to make an arrangement here or something Yeah, <laughs> and you just like kind of start get to know people like there's this one guy named Carlos that he worked at a bar and anytime someone came in with like a, a messed up phone, like if they had a cracked screen or something, he would offer to buy it from everyone. And he, if you work at a bar, you see a lot of people. Yeah. So this guy would bring me like five phones a week, and I I had taught myself how to fix them. So it's just like little weird things like that happen, where you just run into the same people because like you know how many people are really flipping phones, like you said. So that's the way you can start getting to more volume. You cut your margin down a little bit. Yeah. Like you said, but you're not hustling as much because you said you're driving all over the place right to try to pick up phones yeah Yeah,
1: and so that definitely helped growth you know at that time
0: yeah Um, and and i'll
1: tell you something else like at that time you know cracked phones were the best i'm sure you know cracked phones were the best because nobody really understood the value of a cracked phone oh it's Mm. broken you know so it's yes it's not worth anything yes and so you'd get a phone for you know pennies on the dollar or whatever and then you'd be able to Fix it, and sometimes you didn't even have to fix it. You could just sell it as is.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. So, yeah, I wanted to get into a little bit of like the dig a little bit back into the past a little bit more. So, you that and the initial drive to like I want to make money, kind of like where do you think that kind of came from? Uh,
1: immigrant family. You know, like that's kind of the, mm. the the work hard, no matter what type of thing. Mm. Um, you know, my parents came here back in the '80s. Uh, with with, fr- with pretty much nothing, you know, it was a huge sacrifice for they're leaving their country, their home to come here. Really, for me, I'm not even born yet, you yeah. know, but for the hope that their kids would have a better future. Um, so then, you how know, how old were they? Twenty seven, twenty eight. Okay, maybe, okay. You know? um, so your age now? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. And they came here, and they basically just worked really hard everywhere. You know, my my mom worked at McDonald's, my dad worked at the FedEx. Um, you know, and just everything, back like minimum wage for like two thirty-five, two fifty-five an hour then. back then. Yeah, um, you know, so they kind of just worked their way up and saved money to go buy a business.
0: Yeah. What was their? Do you know like what when they first came here and they were working jobs like that? Where were they living? Were they living in their own place or like community spaces or? Oh,
1: so so California. So I'll tell you like California. the by my grandpa, um, you know, he passed away a while ago, but he, they had a business. He mm. had a business in, in India. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he sold the business mm-hmm. got paid for everybody to get to America and mm-hmm. was like there is no coming back You're gone like get over there and and live together wow. and work hard, but you're not coming back here wow. Because you know, we need to get uncomfortable. So our, our kids and our future has a better or,
0: or wow. our kids have a better Dude, That give me that give me goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh, and wow. so you know, it's kind
1: of like a uh, where the Vikings do, they like burn the ship. That, I don't know who it was. They like burn. They like go. They go <laughs> they invade go so and they go like burn the, the
0: ship. Like we're staying. <laughs> we're staying here. Yeah, you know. You gotta fi-
1: make a way. That's so definitely wild. that logic. And so they come here and they would all just live together. You know, my, my uncles, my aunts. I, I just remember like it was, wow. you know, one apartment. Everyone's together.
0: Was this was this your dad's dad or your mom's dad? My mom's dad. Um, wow. So this this OG sells <laughs> his business. Yeah. And sends his whole family to America. Yeah. It's so like you guys are gonna make it. Yeah, that, it's that, incredible. Yeah, That's so cool. Okay, so they come here and they're so they're staying together and they're all working these You know minimum wage jobs basically to, yeah. to get their start.
1: Yeah, and they're all they're all contributing right someone's buying groceries Someone's paying rent, wow. um, you know, and and that's kind of how it's and I'm not born yet Like I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, this is like they're just doing it this way mm. um until until finally, you know, they save up some more money and my parents ended up moving out You know, and they're the only ones that were married at the time. So they needed some privacy yeah,
0: that makes sense. Uh, sure enough, my sister was born shortly after. So there you <laughs> go Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. So, so you were born in California, right? I was actually born in Colorado. Colorado. Uh,
1: you know, like, weird fact. I like, I gotta say it. Uh, my sister and I were four years apart. Okay. Um, complete opposites, but mm-hmm. her and I were both born on Halloween at six oh five a.m. Mm-hmm. When we were born, we were the same weight and the same height. Oh, Natural wow. birth. Like I like I couldn't. We couldn't plan it. Like that's crazy. Wow. My parents couldn't plan it. Um, but that's how, that's how it happened. So I share a birthday with her.
0: That's crazy. I don't think I, you probably have told me that at some point, but I have a terrible memory. Okay. So that, that just like you, as you grow older, you being kind of aware of your parents' struggle and like seeing them work so hard that like facilitated that drive in you to like, I want to make money and, and help provide. Yeah, for them.
1: yeah, you know, and just, like, motivation to kind of be like, hey, like, they, they worked hard. There's nothing wrong with working hard. There's nothing wrong with working hard. Um, and, and at the time, it wasn't even – it didn't feel like work. You're driving around with your buddies all day or, you are you know, you're doing whatever. It's, yeah, you know, it's productive and it's fun. Yeah. I, I'm, like, sure, like, my grades suffered because of it. I wasn't a great student. Yeah.
0: Um, you're doing something different. But, yeah, yeah. it was something different. Did, did Were your parents ever, like um, – I. Like, were they supportive of this? Because you started so young, right? I would imagine that as, I don't know if this is true, but as an immigrant family, did they have a strong emphasis on, like, they want you to do good in school kind of thing? Yeah. And they were, like, worried about this distraction, like? Um, definitely. My sister, <laughs> sister's a great student, Okay, right? yeah. She's, like, top
1: of her class and just killing it. Yeah. And then there's me. Hmm. And, like, you know, I'm, I'm dating girls when I'm young, and I'm out late breaking curfew, and, you know, my parents are worried. So more so my mom yeah. uh, dad's got no problem you know at some point my dad saw what I was doing and was all like hey like can I can I help you in any way like what do you need mm. uh, my mom was the one that's like that's cool but you're still gonna be like a doctor or a pharmacist or, or a lawyer or something uh, right? okay you better not give up on school mm. um, that's that's not acceptable look at what your sister's doing mm. and so you know I, I kind of got both
0: sides of so it. there was that concern of like wanting to make sure you get the good education and Go, go the proven pathway of doctor, lawyer, engineer, yeah. or something like that. So did you feel that pressure from a pretty young age of like you have to be an engineer or something like that? There was
1: there was no getting out of college. Like I knew that whatever I wanted to do had to be like after college or I'd have to be able to look at them and say, nope, I got the piece of paper that yeah. says that, you know, that I did what you wanted me to do or I fulfilled your dream or whatever it was. Yeah. But um, there was no dropping out of college. There was no... You know dropping out of high school <laughs>
0: yeah so I knew that you know I didn't fight him on it so so what would you say was like your first you know so, so you, you have this attitude of like there's nothing wrong with hard work like working hard no big deal you had this drive to like make money and you, you kind of got the entrepreneurial bug because you sold your phone he's you like oh wow this sold so fast I could go find more so then you start finding more so what was like your first real like business you would say like
1: um, so, so I'm doing this phone thing, but but at the end of the day, you know, it's not like it's not an LLC. I have a, you know, at some point I had a personal bank account, and and Craigslist was a very at that time very cash driven business. It's not like uh, offer up or Facebook Marketplace today, and it's so to me as much as it was a business, you know, we had cost of goods, we had you know all this stuff going on. There was shipping involved, mm-hmm. but in my mind, it wasn't a business. In my mind, Same, it was. Yeah. It was just something that I did.
0: Same thing for and me. And so when I, student. yeah,
1: and so when I finally, you know, got out of high school and I had saved some money, I was like, hey, like I can go to college and have a business, and I was set on having an audio shop. Mm. Um, I had a Mazda RX eight at the time. Is it just because you really like cars yeah. and like music? And Absolutely. So yeah. I, I had a Mazda RX eight at the time, and um, I was going to this audio shop a lot to get all sorts of things done to my car because I was a kid. And so, you know, you'd want this or that or springs, wheels, whatever. Yeah. And it was just the coolest place to be. It was the coolest place to be. And so in my mind, I was like, the coolest thing I could do is own one of these. Wow.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and so a friend of mine, you know, we, we put our money together and I put, you know, nearly everything I had saved. How, m- how much was it, was it? Do you remember? Uh, it was probably like $30,000, you know. 30, so you had
0: saved 30000 30, $30, in high school. At $30,000,
1: 40000 yeah, in high school, absolutely. Um, and so, you know, I had taken it and I said, you know what, we're going to lease a space, we're going to get an LLC and we're just going to go and get employees and we're going to do this. But remember my mom, I had to be a full-time student. I had to mm. be going to college. So yeah, I was yeah, yeah. doing, you know, intro to engineering so that's where I met you software engineering in at UTA, but also driving to Garland for my audio shop.
0: Yeah, I remember. Every day, every other day. I remember this cuz we cuz yeah. would be like hot oh, shows up late to the us trying to do our thing yeah. <laughs> and we're like well cuz you were talking about doing the flipping phones and then also like the uh, having the shop and I was like dang this is a busy guy. Yeah <laughs> so I'm like flipping pho- like picking up phones yeah. on the way to
1: Garland on the way back to Arlington 45 50 minute drive I don't even know while yeah. trying to make it to our meetings for class I'm a full-time student. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a quick way to get a 1.6 GPA and get put on academic probation like that was. Yeah. You know was that your
0: first year 1.6? My, my
1: first semester yeah. at UTA I did I did terrible. Yeah yeah. And the audio shop never made a profit. And shut down you know we had to sublease the space and uh you know you basically lost all that money
0: yeah yeah
1: you know and so i just sat there and i was like wow like i
0: totally messed up (laughs) so i think there's this is a very interesting lesson here for everyone listening like so you you spent four three four years in high school just basically hustling arbitrage i call it Mm just random arbitrage getting but mostly phones yeah mostly phones. flipping phones on ebay you save up tens of thousands of dollars doing this yeah, in high school. And then you've got this familial pressure where you feel like you got to go to college. So you go to college, but you also have this business drive <laughs> where you're like, you got to do business. So you try to start a business at the same time. And you're 18, right? I was 17. You graduated 17. graduated 17, yeah. So, so you take thir- the 30 grand that you'd saved hustling your butt off and you invest in this audio store while you're also trying to go to college as a 17, 18 year old. And the audio place fails. And you have this horrible GPA. Yeah. How did that feel at the time? Like, what were you going through? Um, pretty bad.
1: And, you know, part of it was because, like, you get you get an I told you so from a lot of people um, that you don't want to hear, especially when you're 17, 18. I think you're you're okay hearing, and I told you so as you get older. Yeah. Um, but for some reason at that age, when you think you're invincible and everything you're doing is right and you think you have it all figured out and you get smacked with an I told you so, it's like, it's yeah. you know, and when it comes from your parents, it's one thing. When it comes from your friends, it's, yeah. it hurts. Yeah. Uh, so I ran away. You know, like I honestly, like I was at, I was at UTA. I would moved out to UTA with some on campus or off campus apartments. Uh, we subleased the audio shop. Uh, you know i didn't want to flip phones i just s- lost whatever i had spent mm. years doing and so i moved to college station uh, <laughs> and transferred to blinn college mm. you know and and just got away from from uta from arlington and I, I didn't
0: confront any of it just just like a kid would do yeah so you're like screw this i'm gonna go just start somewhere else yeah i uh, i was like so why there though that place particularly
1: a&M had a really good petroleum engineering program.
0: Okay. And okay. so,
1: you know, while I initially I wanted to be a software engineer, you know, I got this failure in business. And so I sat there and I go, Well, what else would would as a backup plan pay me well? And it was like, Well,
0: petroleum engineering pays six so, figures. So at this time, college was still in your head a backup plan. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs>
1: until, until the audio
0: shop failed, it was a backup plan. Okay,
1: okay. And then the audio shop failed okay. and I was like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. that backup plan, that might turn in, that plan B might turn into plan A. That might be the actual plan A. And so I was like, well, you better change plan A to make sure that it pays you what you want to get paid then, right? Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, software, I was only looking at, just just like anybody in college, I was only looking at the starting salary. I feel like people don't even, like, care about your, like, median salary. People are like, oh, it's just starting salary. And so I was mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. well, software engineering's here, petroleum's here. I so, was like, <laughs> I better go to petroleum engineering. Pays more, yeah. And A&M had a really good petroleum yeah, engineering yeah, program. Yeah, yeah, they do, yeah. But I couldn't get into it. Like, applied. I couldn't get into it. Oh. So I was like, okay, if I go to Blinn, and I take these classes, and I get this GPA, then I'll apply for A&M's Petroleum Engineering Program. After that, okay. And then maybe I'll get in. Got it, got it. <laughs> so that's that was the journey.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, did, but I'm curious. So you moved down there. Are you still continuing the phone flip this whole time? Like, for, for six months, I, I just stopped it. You stopped it. I stopped it. Was it kind of from, like... The blow of just failing in the audio thing, it just like it was a lot to handle, and you just needed a break kind of thing.
1: Yeah, that, that was definitely part of it. Um, part of it was I had, you know, something in me was like, hey, you can focus on a bunch of things at once. And then I did try to focus on the, the business and the flipping and the student, being a student. And I sat there and I go, you know what? Like, you can't focus on a bunch of things at once. You can do one thing really, really well. And so go to school, get really good grades. Yeah. Um, because I'd never done that. I had never like not yeah. in high school, you know. You know, I graduated top like twenty percent of my class, like. So I was like, maybe I'm either I'm either not smart, okay, which is fine. You know, I'm either not book smart, yeah. or I am, and I've just never tried. And I was like, well, it's one or the other. Um, and so I had a chip on my shoulder. You know, I'd never gotten good grades, so I sat there, and I was like, can you do it? Um, and I pulled off a four O. I got a four O like my first semester at Blinn, and it was it was it felt really good. You gave it
0: your focus. I gave it my focus. That's awesome. So from there, because at some point you get back into the phone flipping. Because, well, let me think. So I, your first semester. So when we when I when we first met, uh, that was during the time of you were trying to do everything, and then I got the idea from you, and then I started doing it, and then you moved away for a while. How long was it that you moved down there? Because you you came back not too long after. I think a year maybe.
1: Yeah, um, I was at College Station for a year. I ended up not getting into A&M's Petroleum Engineering Program. Even like, after the furrow? Even after the furrow. You know, they didn't semester. like the UTA, and they, they mm-hmm. were still asking for SAT, ACT, and stuff like that. So I, I got into U of H's Petroleum. So I moved to Houston. That's right. Um, and that was the first time I got to live by myself. And uh, I met my, my my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know,
1: her and I got really close when I moved to Houston. Mm-hmm. Just being alone, you you know. Um, totally. Talk to the person that matters to you most. Yeah. So, being there for like six months in Houston, I, you know, at some point was like, this isn't for me. Um, you know, I just can't be in Houston alone. It was very yeah. sad and lonely. So,
0: you got in the program, you did it for a semester? And I left. And then and I left. came back to and, and switched back to software. So sh- switched back to software. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it just, like, just knowing you, like, it just feels like, because I, I experienced the same thing, you know, it's like you have... You, there's external things that put this pressure on you to go to college get the degree. And then there's internal things too, where it's like, oh, I want to be smart and I want to have a backup and I want to have the degree. But like really deep down, like it's not really what you want to do, you know? So so at what point do you kind of like get back into, because eventually you settle on, you completed your, your software engineering degree. I did, yeah, yeah. But you also got pretty heavily back into, and you started getting into MacBooks uh, at some point when you came back to Arlington, I believe so I get so yeah I and that I w- became more of the focus in phones yeah
1: I, I leave Houston and at this point I haven't done like electronics in like a, in six months or a year whatever I, I honestly don't remember it had been a long time um, I, I think I did a little bit in College Station but the Craigslist market there was just not what it was in Dallas so smaller area um, and and Houston I didn't do any of it so you know I moved back I actually I, I left the semester at U of H I didn't even finish the semester I dropped that semester lost a semester at this point, have switched major, wait, wait, majors way too many times, so I go back to Arlington, and um, now I have a problem because all my friends are going to graduate in like two years, you know. And unless yeah. I'm taking like twenty one hours a semester, yeah. trying to push in two internships and all this stuff, I would never graduate on time. Yeah. So I buckled down, and um, and I sat there, and and Bailey and I would spend hours studying together at the engineering research building. I love that building. And I, yeah. And <laughs> so I started on the fourth taking, floor and all those
0: cubicles, third yep. and fourth floor,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And I started taking 21 hours a semester, may Wintermaster. winter-mester. Dang. Um, I, uh, there's, there's this company, I'll go off on a tangent here, there's this company called Carlani Capital who I was following closely, and um, they had made an investment in a software company called Keeper, which was in LA.
0: Mm, Keeper Security.
1: Yeah. I and, used that. Uh, My password Maybe different? another keeper. No, that's a different keeper. Oh, okay, hotel, okay. yeah, they did something in the hotel industry. Oh, okay. Uh, but I needed an internship, essentially, to yeah. get a decent job, once again, cushioning that backup plan. Yes, yes, yes. And so, I reached out to keeper saying, hey, I found you through Carlani's website, can I get an internship? Um, you don't have to pay me, I just want an internship. And they go, we'll do you one better. We'll pay for your flight, we'll pay for your rental car. And I go, they go, but we won't, won't pay for lodging. And I was like, that's fine, I have family in California. Yeah. I will live there, yeah, 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 in Irvine, and drive to Woodland Hills. Oh, I love Irvine. Mind it's you, beautiful. Two hour drive each way. Oh I wow. did it every day for five weeks as I interned there, but I got the internship, and nice. I learned. I learned a ton. So I, I completed that internship, moved back home, or come back home, and um, and yeah. So now I'm like on track to graduate on time because I've been taking you know, taking my hours, taking 21 hours doing the craziest things,
0: and the dra- like the. F- you wanted to do that cuz you wanted to graduate at the same time as your friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so my, my best
1: friend, you know, yeah. who's, who he was the best man at my wedding and um, and him and I are really close. Yeah, I've been best friends with him since we were like 11, 12 years old. Yeah. Um, I knew he would he would just like give me a hard time if he graduated <laughs> first. I just knew it. He's just the type of guy. He didn't want that. Yeah. And so I was like I was like, "Man, like not even a semester before. You I won't let you." I like, yeah. "What do I need to do to make sure?" That's so funny. and yeah, and, yeah. and we definitely graduated at the same time. So,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's one of the things I always admired about you. You have just like when you have a f- specific goal, like you will do anything to get that Thank goal. You. Thank it, you. It's it, it's very admirable, honestly. Thank you. I think maybe sometimes you might push yourself a little too much, but we need sleep. <laughs> Seven
1: cups of coffee a day and it's it's okay.
0: Yeah, that that's one of the things we haven't mentioned. You know, this is because people. You know, the, the the two most common reasons I get when I ask people like. I uh, made a post on my Facebook the other day, and I ask people this all the time. Like, have you ever wanted to start a business, and you didn't? And if, if you didn't do it, you know, why didn't you do it? People all, the top two things every time is time and money. Um, and, you know, we all have the same amount of time, truth be told. There's 24 hours in a day. So how much time would you say, like, when you're in high school when you're, like, you're going to school during the day, obviously, in high school, and then pretty much... All of the rest of your time, you're just hustling because it's fun for you. In school, I was doing it, like like in my classes. You're doing it in class. I'm, I'm on Craigslist. <laughs> I was in I was
1: on Craigslist in high school, on you know, or even I mean, we like, we can like talk about MacBooks real quick. Like yeah. eventually, when I'm when I came back to UTA, um, you know, at that point, I needed to make money. Yeah. Because like you know, I had student loan debt, and yeah, you know, there's I'm taking all these classes and and whatnot. So and I didn't want to live at home. So you got to pay rent, you got to, you know, pay for gas and groceries and stuff. So I was like, well, look, I don't have time to go get a job. And what do I know how to do? I like, I know how to sell on like online. So yeah, at that time, the iPhone market had blown up at yes. this point, like this, uh, to, to give you numbers, man, you used to be able to buy an iPhone for like $300 and, and net $400 after selling it. Like that mm-hmm. was like a real thing, 25% returns and they would sell daily. Like mm-hmm. so you'd buy it. And it would sell. If you listed it before yep. you got home, it would probably sell before yeah. you got home.
0: Yeah, I had, a, I, I, when I, I had a guy that was exporting them to Cambodia, and I was buying iPhone 4s for $200, just as many as I could get, and he would buy them all for like $250, $270. Yeah. And, and I knew that like I could sell them for a little bit more on eBay, but it was local and it was easy. Yeah. So I was just like, I'll eh, sell it to this guy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so, no, t- totally. And so when I when I came back to UTA and I was like, well, I'll just do phones again. Um, no. Now what had happened was that $300 phone will net you
0: 310 Yep. And I was like, what? I was like, well, no, 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 this doesn't sound right. Or you're like negotiating really hard with people and it's harder to find them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so. The market you know, got
0: smarter. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so I had to buy a MacBook
1: for myself because I needed a computer for school. Um, and you know, for some reason, my computer at the time wasn't working. I don't remember what had happened, but you know, obviously, software engineering. I need to code. Whatever I was doing, Python or whatever they're teaching you, you needed a, yeah. a good computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got this seventeen-inch MacBook, um, which, which at the time was like a really, really good computer, and yeah. I got it for a really good deal. And um, I borrowed money from my dad to buy that computer. Mm. Now I say I borrowed, like you know, and I didn't pay him back. Like he just gave, he bought me a computer. <laughs> Let me just say, he bought me a computer. Yeah,
0: and and. Yeah, and was that hard for you to ask because, you know, you had saved up all this money in the past. Totally. And, you, and then you lost it totally. all. Totally. And then you, like, had gone to, you know, to go to school and then come back. And then you asked your dad for, to get a laptop. Absolutely. That's probably a hard thing to your
1: pride. A hard thing for my to my pride. And, and I'm sure my dad got an I told you so from my mom, right, about, yeah. like, supporting me this whole time. Yeah. And, like, you know, we're just kind of sitting there being like, man, like, yeah. sorry that I switched my major a bunch of times. Sorry that I've, like, wasted a ton of time and money. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, believe to me, gave me the money. Went and bought the laptop. The laptop was too bulky. I was like frustrated carrying it around. It's everywhere. heavy, yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, you know, you got this laptop on Craigslist. Just sell it like you do. You know how you to do this, yeah, yeah. Except yeah. so this time I sold it on Amazon, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not eBay. And the margin was was insane. It was really good. It was really good. So I was like, uh oh, <laughs> 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 I see something here. So uh, how'd you get the idea to do it on Amazon? The price was higher. Like you know, like thought, quite frankly, like, yeah, the price yeah, was yeah. just higher and. Um, you know, and so I was like, okay, like Amazon's thing. you had been selling on Amazon. I think, I think honestly the exposure to Amazon came a lot from you because even though I kind of got you in the phone game and explained everything to you, I was still very eBay. And I think, I think you were one of the ones that came in and said, Hey, you know, I'm selling Blackberries or whatever phone you were selling on Amazon. Yeah. I got banned from eBay. (laughs) You had to switch. You had to go over Yeah, I had to switch. (laughs) And uh, and so yeah, and so I sold it on Amazon. Margin was good, and I sat there and I go, all right, you know. So then I went and bought a cheaper laptop. Uh, same thing I did with the phone, except this time it was MacBooks. And um,
0: so that business mind. Now you're like, whoa, yeah. margin here, opportunity. Yeah. And this is the thing, like, you know, people. Like I was. I, I, that's the reason I brought up the thing before. The thing people always tell me is, you know, time and money. And you know, I think really when I think about it, I'm like, what is the thing that makes the difference between the people that make it in business? Or, or even the people that start, you know, because most people don't even start. And I, th- I really think at bottom, the thing that makes a difference is um, you're very goal-focused, right? Like, you have a specific goal in mind, you s- and you, s- you see opportunity. And this was the thing that inspired me, like, originally from you, is that, like, you saw this opportunity and this obscure thing of, like, oh, people want phones, and there's a market differential right now. I can go arbitrage phones and sell them and make you know, money. I don't have to get a job. And, I, and like, I worked in grocery distribution at the time in very extremely physically intensive uh, labor, like constant nonstop picking up things, stacking, walking up and down aisles, you know, low, stacking up pallets six, seven feet high. So in my head, I'm like, I'm busting my butt. You know, I made good money at the A, I thought it was good money. You know, I made about 20, 21 an hour. I got really good at it and they had an incentive based program where you know you work more you make more but uh I think that that's the thing that makes a difference like you, you have a goal you, you see the opportunity and all like there are so many barriers along the way right that you experience. I mean we talked about a bunch of them but those aren't the things you focus on you, you stay on this is the goal you see the opportunity and you just find the way to get there absolutely yeah I, I think that's the thing that makes the difference I agree with you totally. Um, Just ignoring the like, like the barriers, the problems, the things to overcome, those are just like it becomes a game of like, how can I just get to the goal? Yeah, you know, I just got to get to the goal, and then you jump over whatever you got to jump over.
1: No, I agree that definitely. You know, but uh, a lot of the problem with today is that, you know, when you look on Twitter or Instagram or, or all these places. There are a million things you could be doing to make money outside of having a job. Yeah. And when I was growing up and all that stuff. It's overwhelming. They're, they're, yeah, it's overwhelming. It wasn't like that back then, right? It was totally. like, yeah, you can flip MacBooks or iPhones or whatever. But, but there right was there,
0: no one talking about there's that. there's no one talking about it, true. Yeah. yeah.
1: But right now, it's like, you know, you can sell courses or flip this. And there's digital and there's SaaS and there's products Forex, and there's starts, Alibaba crypto. and Forex, crypto. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much and it's so overwhelming. I can see why somebody that looks at it and goes, "Well, I don't want a job. I want to be an entrepreneur. Um, I'm going to do all of it." And then it's like, "No,
0: <laughs> no, yeah. don't do that." <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, pursue your passion." And I'll say, "Well, that's tough. You have no idea what you're passionate about. You're 12, 15, 20. You know, like yeah. you don't know. Yeah. Just try something for six months. Yeah. Give it a shot for six months. Did yeah. it work? Is yeah. It, is it?" You know, is it scalable? I wish yeah. I would've asked that question yeah. a lot more when I was like,
0: starting off. Yeah. Is it scalable? Yeah. You don't worry about that so much. We can, yeah, we can get into some of that. So so you you, you have to sell the laptop, it's too bulky, you need a different one. So you sell it, sell you, it. you make way more than you paid for it, and you're like, holy right. crap, MacBooks, Yeah. it's where it's at. Yeah, and, and I, <laughs> I
1: got super niche with that. I was like, 17-inch MacBooks. And this you Mac- already
0: had so much experience with yeah. arbitrage. Yeah. So now you see this opportunity, then what do you do? Um, you know, at this point,
1: all right, so You're still in college. I'm still in college, uh, and I'm still taking like crazy, crazy,
0: you know, classes or whatever. Um, you know, these software are hard
1: engineering th- is not easy. Yeah, these are hard
0: classes. Twenty one hours in software engineering—that's nuts. Yeah, and I'll tell
1: you, how to do it. People be like, "Oh, how'd I you do that?" I'll be like, do that. you know, so I was taking um, three, three hours or a class at Hill College because I knew it would transfer over to UTA, and then the rest I was taking at UTA, and they'll let you take eighteen. Trust me, they'll, they'll let you do it. You just got to talk to them. Um, and then you, it's a lot of homework. It's a lot of hard work. And don't sleep, like sleep less. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's how you do that's, it. That's how you do it. You just don't sleep. <laughs> and uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you how crazy I was. Is this really where the
0: coffee crazy. came into the picture? This is from the coffee, yeah, there you go. Uh,
1: I, t- I was taking a May Master. So you gotta do everything, right? I'm trying to catch up to my buddy. So it's a winter master, summer classes, maybe yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'm taking a May Master class, um, and I have to do another internship. And this is this is after Keeper, and I need one more internship, you know, to get some fluff on that resume because you can't put flipped phones for four years. You know, <laughs> <that doesn't work. laughs> so this place, Cornerstone Automation Systems in Frisco, gives me a shot. Um, really great internship, honestly. I loved working yeah. there. I learned a ton, but it was far. You're going from Arlington to Frisco. Yeah. And I had a May Masters. So I was like still in class and stuff. So I would pick up MacBooks on the way to and on the way back from forth. Of course. Of course. Of course. And um, I totally understand. Yeah, and so and, and I would list them before I got home and, and my wife Bailey, would help me
0: package them yeah. and all sorts of things. And so yeah, we, you know,
1: we were operating a business that was growing month on you know month after month. Yeah. And with and MacBooks you, you probably
0: didn't need to do as many cuz there's a little bit
1: more profit per unit. Yeah. Yeah, these are higher higher dollar items, you know, and so I couldn't I didn't have enough money to buy a bunch. But I would spend as much as I had, and you know, I'd go broke because I'd, yeah. I'd go broke buying them. Yeah. And then, but Amazon, see something about Amazon that I wasn't used to.
0: Yeah.
1: eBay will pay you pretty quick. PayPal pays you like the same day I or next sure, day. Yeah. Amazon's like, hold on, I'll pay you in two weeks.
0: And then we'll hold some of it. And too. then we'll hold some. Okay. You know.
1: I will, uh, no, I had like an yeah. OG account. I'll tell you, like, there was no reserve back in the day. I don't think. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: My first. Um, but I'm saying, not.
1: Yeah. I'm not back in the day enough to where you could request the payouts. I think that was a thing. Yeah. No, yeah. I was still on the two week schedule. So every two weeks every two weeks yeah. and so I hated it in the beginning but then I was yeah. like this is kind of nice yeah the bulk payouts kind of nice yeah and, um, and yeah so you know, I got adjusted to that.
0: that that was one of the biggest barriers f- for me growing in the beginning because I start only started with 600 bucks and so they only paid you every two weeks so you could buy two phones with six hundred dollars and sell them the same day and then you gotta wait two weeks <laughs> yeah <laughs> to get the money yeah and yeah. then you gotta do it again so yeah. you know it's a lot of rolling the money over so this is another interesting thing like I want to point out about your story, too, is that you had a lot of success, I would say, in high school with your arbitrage. Like, you made a good amount of money. You didn't have to get a job. You were so good at it. And, um, but then you invested that money in a business that failed. So that was obviously a big blow for you. And then you, know, then you, then you basically double down on college. You're like, I'm finishing college. Like, I want to make sure I have that. It. So it was important to you to get that done. So you got that done. But while you're doing that, you're still building up this MacBook. Now now, now it shifts to, you, sh- you start back over the arbitrage, basically, because you had lost all the money. So then you got to start over um, with investing in the MacBook. So then you're building up that money as you get towards graduation. I remember there was this time, um, did you, I think you graduated before I did, right? I think I did, I think yeah. I did, yeah. Because I remember we had a conversation at some point about you got, you were, you were you were about to graduate, you got offered a job that was a very well-paying job, honestly the highest starting salary of anyone that I knew in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah thanks, <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> it. it. Yeah. And you were trying to decide, because your business was doing very well at that point, you were probably selling, I don't know, do you remember how much you were selling at that time? Um,
1: I was, uh, we, were, we were doing six figures every month in sales, I think, yeah. and, you know, in college. Um, yeah. Yeah and so it was pretty good but the cornerstone automation systems the place I'd
0: interned at, that I enjoyed interning yeah. at they had offered me a, yeah, yeah. A, a good job and just so people understand when he says six figures in sales amazon keeps like 40% of that to start oh yes and then and yeah, then yeah, yeah, you yeah. know you've got another what, 30% that's product cost Yeah. so the margin is is very small uh, so <laughs> so so what's the actual margin that, in electronics business that's realistic for people to kind of like right now or back back then okay well that's a that's a good thing that's a good point yeah back then like back then 20
1: percent on these macbooks was pretty pretty normal um not so much anymore you know you teeter around 8 to 12 percent that's kind of like where you're at
0: but your volume now i'm sure is different yeah yeah (laughs) okay yeah so so you 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 graduate now you got to make this decision am i going all into business take the risk (laughs) this thing that like when i look back on it just your journey and, you know the drive that you have for business to me. It's like it's so obvious like this guy's a businessman You know, he's an entrepreneur at heart. He wants to build and but you were struggling with like should I take the job? Should I do this? Th- so what was the how did you make that decision? How did you end up making that decision? Uh,
1: a lot of time with my, my dad, you know a lot of time with Bailey um, Talking about it and analyzing like every level of this decision um, You know, I'll be I'll be pretty transparent for your for anyone that's watching, um, Cornerstone Automation Systems sitting here and offered me $85,000 out of college uh, with bonus after three negotiations. So basically they offered me something, I went back, offered me something, I went so back. So you're negotiating yeah. the salary. and I came back and they and I go, I ended up walking and I said, look guys, like honestly, you know, um, if you guys can get to $85,000, i will take the job, you know. And so they took them a week and they came back and they go, hey, you know, we will give you that because you've interned here before and we think that you'd have a good future here. And so I'm sitting there being like, hey, what do I do? You know, and I remember you, these conversations with Bailey, and they be like, what do I do? Yeah, And uh, she was working for CVS, you know, as an account manager working from home, and so when um, <laughs> she looks at me and she goes, what do you want to do? And you know, we, we came to an agreement talking about it, saying, hey, you know, if you pay off your student loans when you graduate, just pay them off. That way they're not a liability. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I know like the interest rate's low, and it, any business owner will tell you, oh, you could leverage leveraged money, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Whatever, I wanted peace of mind. Totally. Um, and so if you pay off this thing that you've you know, accumulated, then you can go and have the freedom to do what you want as an entrepreneur. And if you fail, you can go back without having this debt over your head. Yep. Um, so that was the agreement, you know, pay off your student loans and be an entrepreneur, or keep the student loans and go take and take the job. Yeah, and yeah. so after like a while of thinking about it, I said, you know what, um, I'm gonna pay off the student loans and I'm gonna go and be an entrepreneur. And I had to go back to Cornerstone Automation Systems and, and apologize to them. You know, for, like, wasting their time and and all sorts of stuff. And I felt really bad. Yeah. But um, I don't regret it.
0: See, yeah, and this is another interesting point, too, that I would say. Another thing that I I admire about you is that um, you push for what you want. And I I struggle with that sometimes. Like, um, my negotiation style is – so you're familiar with Gary Vee, right? If you watch any of Gary <laughs> V stuff, Gary yeah. V lies to people. He just says anything to get the price down. You know, he like he's like calling somebody, like, "Oh yeah, the, you know, I'm getting this for my sister, and you know, she said she can <laughs> only do five bucks. that kind of negotiation style, I'm very just like I'm just nice to people, you know, and I'm like, I'm like ah, I can only pay this much, man. You know, this is my business. I'm in college, you know? you know, like I'm just very. But but you you focus on like what's the margin I need to make. So that i can be successful and you go for what you want what you need and i think there really is something to that like there, that there's a real there's an importance there and like knowing what you want and what your goals are and going for them and so i mean i admire the fact that you basically pushed this company and negotiated this salary Thanks. and then told them no like i love that <laughs> to me that's fantastic Oh man that's fantastic because it's like you you know what you're worth, right? And, and you and you knew in your in your mind, heart, whatever that if you took that job, you were gonna crush it for them, right? You know, like oh sure, you were gonna do a great job, you were gonna be a great employee, and you wanna go for like what you think you're worth. You know, and I think there's there's not most people aren't like that. I'll, I'll put it that way. So it's one of the things I you know, really really admire about you. Um,
1: thank you. You know, I'll, I'll reciprocate that real quick and tell you that. From, from what I've seen, it's really, really difficult to go to corporate and leave corporate. Um, you get comfortable with the paycheck, and then you get dependent on it, and then you are like, oh, well, I don't know what it's like without that paycheck. Um, so while that was a difficult choice for me to make, it was also, I think, easier than the one that you made. Uh, you had the comfort of an engineering job and then left it because you <laughs> believed in yourself. Yeah. Uh, and now you own a successful business, uh, c- a couple of them. And so I'll tell you that that's very inspirational as well. Um, you did a great job. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you. Made a good all decision.
0: Right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, all right. So we've gotten to in your story. Now we've kind of we talked about how you got started, kind of the origins, um, you know, the struggles that you had getting through college, So now you go all in on business. I'm all in. You're all in. 2015. I'm all in. 2015. I'm he's all in. in. And you, but you're still working at your house, right?
1: Yeah. So apartment. Apartment. Um, yeah. Right. So I'm on the third floor apartment. So. We're, we're storing the electronics at the, in the apartment and we're cleaning them. And I say we, it's me, it's me and Bailey, it's me and my wife. And so we're sitting there doing the whole thing, mm-hmm. right, all day.
0: So you're flipping six figures of, of phones and MacBooks online from your apartment. Yep, yep. Um, you know, and, and then we... we at out- this point, it's still arbitrage business, right? Like mostly just totally. local people. You're not really buying from businesses yet totally. at this point, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. Meeting new people so, every day Yeah, and, and that's locally. Yeah, and that's part of what made it... I'm sure is what made it scary in the beginning is like, because you, when you're doing it like that, and we both have talked about this before, it doesn't feel so much like a business when, no. you're, when you're arbitraging. Not at all. So, so you go all in, and then what happens from there?
1: Um, I'm all in. I'm spending all day doing this, and the business is growing, and, and that's all very exciting, and I have some tunnel vision here because I have no idea how to make money doing anything else. Um, you know. And so I'm like, all right we got to move because this business is growing, but I don't want any overhead. I don't want any employees. Yeah. You know, I don't want you still trying to do everything. yourself. I'm still trying to do everything myself. <laughs> I want, I want the full margin. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I had set, you know, like goals, profit goals for myself and all sorts of things. So I go, okay, let's, let's buy a house. Let's buy a house. You know, I was talking uh, to my wife and my girlfriend at the time. I go, Hey, let's buy a house. Let's get out of this apartment and I can grow the business in the house. And that way we have an asset and you know, and she's like, okay, let's do this. So we start looking for houses. And uh, we move out of the apartment. We buy this house. And at this point, I'm running the business out of a garage, mm. um, which was really exciting for me because you're not walking up two, three sets of stairs. And, you know, you have like, yeah, it, it was much more comfortable.
0: Is this a house in Los Colinas? No,
1: it was it was in Euless Euless, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, the apartment was in Las Colinas and so yeah you know same thing flipping phones and at this point it's not getting boring yet because like you just moved into a new place and all sorts yeah. of stuff and i'm like 22 years i don't even i'm very young 23 I'm, yeah, yeah i'm 23 like that, i'm yeah, very 23. young um you know so i'm super excited i think it was like i do remember it was february 2016 i bought this house okay and um we outgrow the house like within like a year we outgrow the house and we've the business has taken over the house it was in this small little office <laughs> with like Two shelves from like Sam's Club or Walmart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're full. And so now it's in the garage. Okay, the garage is full. Okay, we had a game room upstairs. Game room upstairs is full. Okay, now it's creeping into the living room. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. Bailey works from home, so now like she's hearing tape guns all day. Uh, sorry, I, I should be right. We didn't even have a tape gun; we were <laughs> using the, you know, the rolls for the tape guns. And you cut cut it with the scissors or something. And um, and she's resetting MacBooks upstairs. You go upstairs. There's like 20 MacBooks laid out getting reset. <laughs> no employees, right? It's just me and her, um, shipping these units and uh, uh, and dealing with everything. And at some point, I look at it and I go, "Hey, we've outgrown this house," and so we moved to another house because no overhead. Right.
0: No overhead. There's yeah. no rent. No, yeah. no employees. Yeah. Let's just move to another house. Yeah. You make uh, your, you make your, you make your place of living your awesome place of work. <laughs> yeah, sell this house, buy another house. We moved to
1: that house. We outgrow that house, and that's 2018. And now we're we're running into end of 2018, and we've outgrown this house. And I'm like, all right, like we surely cannot move into another house. This is not going to work forever. Because you were in a pretty big house at that point. Yeah. Um, and then we got hit with some terrible news. Right. It's like the end of 2018. And Amazon is like the lifeline. Right. I've dealt with seller performance. We can dive into that so much at this point. Um, But I'm confident that seller performance won't shut me down permanently uh, because I'll tell you something about seller performance. Actually, I I will go off on this. At this point, you know, we're buying from businesses and people. There's like a mix.
0: So, so it's, it's gotten to the point where it's a mixture. It's a mixture. Yeah.
1: You know, there's consistent inventory supply at a low margin. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, inventory coming in at a higher randomly margin. Higher. Randomly at a higher margin. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, this is a decent mix. There's never enough money. You know, um, I read on Twitter once and I forgot who said it, but it, it, this guy was like, I hate inventory businesses because you never feel like you have money. And it's true.
0: It is true. All the money's
1: in your inventory. And yeah. that's how we work.
0: You don't, you don't have money. You have inventory.
1: Yeah, and I'm still living like a college kid. Like, I'm in a nice house, but I'm living like a college kid. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> fine spirit if we're going on vacation, all sorts of stuff. Just living cheap. Um, and so I sat there, and in 2018, we get hit with this news uh, that Amazon is no longer going to allow anybody to sell Apple.
0: Oh, yes. Um, I remember well.
1: At all. Like, you just, like, nobody. You can't sell Apple except, except them.
0: I, at the time, it was like 30, It was like 30, 40% of what I was selling in 2018. Me too. So, you know, yeah.
1: um, and so I sat there and I go, well, Amazon is 90% of my business. <laughs>
0: You're like, eBay's, oh,
1: crap. eBay is a graveyard for Amazon. Like the returns yeah. come back and they get, you know, so I'm sitting there being like, this is not good.
0: Isn't it the same year you got hacked and someone stole your payout? Oh, you
1: want to talk about that too? <laughs> <laughs> um, totally, you know.
0: He gets hacked. They yeah. take all of his money, yeah. and Amazon was him down for a month.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So earlier in 2018, so I, this is another thing. So I, I've, I've been at this new place um, for, like, a few months at this point. Um, no, I haven't moved yet. Rewind. I haven't moved yet. I'm at the old place. Uh, so it's my first house. We've been here for, like, a year. And my payout doesn't come through. You know, like, you're, like, waiting for your payout, especially when you're, like, you're running as lean as we are. You're oh, waiting no. for the payout.
0: Yeah, because you're, you're – we're always reinvesting everything. Yeah, you actually have already allocated those yeah. funds. We, you, you, so. you pay yourself like nothing. Yeah, nothing. And you reinvest everything. Yes, All yes. the time, and it never stops.
1: Yes, <laughs> totally, uh, you know, and so that's going on, and so I sit there, um, and at that point, like I had like side hustles, like
0: I was like mining crypto, I had a you know crypto operation. And at some point you started investing in real estate.
1: Yeah, um, you know, so we can talk about that, but to, to get to this story, you know, I'm sitting there, payout doesn't come through, I log in, I'm in my office, uh, macbooks everywhere and i'm looking and, and the deposit went to this account in croatia and i was like what on earth and like panic attack like, you're, you're totally like,
0: yeah yeah and i'm on the forums and and, i'm active this on the is like 80
1: 80 grand or something like that right um over a hundred thousand over it's okay. over a hundred thousand i'm more than I remember. yeah yes so i'm yeah. like wow um immediately emailed pain. jeff at amazon.com pain, pain. you know email jeff at amazon.com i'm like i'm not gonna get this back and quickly i, I found out that it was my fault like, I clicked on a phishing scam, like a link. Oh. Totally my fault.
0: Oh, no. You know,
1: so I, a little bit I'm, like, blaming Amazon, and then I'm, like, blaming myself. Yeah, because totally. Because I'm, like, oh, yep. I, like. Yep. And so, you you can imagine, like, I'm, like, oh, I'm a software engineer, and most, I, I didn't yeah. know not to click on the link. I clicked on the link. Yeah, as
0: much as we dog on cell performance, most of the time when you run into issues with them, there's something you did wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 Um, you know, it, it's, it's just, they just won't tell you? So you're like, what did I do? You're, you're like trying to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> they give you this obscure reason. Totally. Uh, yeah.
1: Three weeks later, Jeff's team response, executive relation team responds. Um, they're investigating. Okay, cool. Two weeks after that, uh, they send me a transfer for the exact dollar amount. That was taken. And I don't even think they recovered the
0: funds. They but, were just. But because you get hacked, they shut your whole business down during that time, right? Two months, no sales. So suspended. Two
1: months suspended, yeah. um, you know, because someone else had taken over the account or whatever. So I'm sitting on a ton of inventory. It's not moving on other channels. And you're, and
0: you're freaking out in and I'm your head. i out.
1: I have suppliers being like, what on earth are you doing? We you're have not inventory for them. you, yep. you know. And Your suppliers become, in this business, very dependent on you. They yep. stop shopping for other Yep, people to buy you, from you because they you trust good, you, yeah, yeah, and it's very like it's a handshake
0: relationship. So then, when something happens to stop that, now they start shopping around, yeah. What if they find someone that pays a little more? Now, when you come back, they're like, I want a little more now. That's exactly that's literally, found, literally what happened. I found Jim Bob over here, he pays me $20 more, exactly. <laughs> Jim Bob, no, remember. totally, though, right? That. So you come back
1: two <laughs> months later, yeah. margins go down, okay, you got to cultivate those relationships again, okay, yeah, you know, then we move to this new house, blah blah blah. Um, back to. 2018 we're sitting there at the end of 2018 and we get this notice that's like hey Nobody can sell Apple and I'm sitting here, you know, and I feel like I just got sitting like
0: sitting with like a ton of Apple Yeah, and I'm like I just got punched in the throat We have inventory at FBA and they're like if you don't recall your inventory by this and, day and of this." I think they give you I think they made the announcement like November, 10th, November. Yes, something like that <laughs> Yeah, and then they said you got to remove it by no No, they say you can't send anymore by like December 3rd, and you got to remove it all in January. Yep That's so exactly basically
1: what it was Basically, 60 days exactly what it was and so i you know i'm immediately sitting there being like my entire business model is about to get crushed um and amazon how dare you you know after taking all these fees and everything i've done for you you know stellar odr amazing feedback i was Mm -hmm. i obsess over my feedback you know Mm -hmm. and stuff and i'm like why would you do it to such a reputable seller um and you know sure i run my business out of a garage but i'm taking care of your customers so i don't think i deserve this Mm-hmm. Someone has a
0: problem. We refund it. Yeah, it every time.
1: Yeah, you know, we we really went it. above and beyond to take care of our Amazon customers, and so it was a slap in the face. Um, and I'm sitting there being like, "Well, this is this is terrible. Very sad." Um, we ended up getting pallets and pallets of IMAX returned to my house, a residential uh, like you can imagine. My HOA, the neighborhood was just like, "What it's on happening. earth is going on?"
0: That's and so
1: um, and luckily I had this really great friend, named Matt, <laughs> who offered <laughs> me warehouse space. And I was so re- you know uh, reluctant because at this point I haven't had any overhead. My business is like going down, and, and I'm about to yeah. increase expenses because I can't store all this yeah. stuff that I have to sell at a loss. And when we
0: say warehouse, this it's a sixteen hundred. Three offices and yeah. the little warehouse space in the back. But to us, it was warehouse. To us, it was warehouse. It was a warehouse.
1: And I needed a place to for, store this Floor load, yeah, yeah. And so, I, and it was 25 minutes away from my house, but you gave me a ridiculous
0: deal, basically let me stay there for free. And, <laughs> and I, I knew you needed to get out. You were running this insanely high revenue business from your house, and I'm like, oh, he just he just needs a little like push to get out. Because I knew once that you got out, you would just yeah. from there, and you did.
1: And uh, thank you. And uh, I ended up having to liquidate a lot of that inventory after moving out uh, at, on different channels, taking you know a lot of losses. Diversified, you know, at that, at that point money was coming in.
0: So how from did you how did you liquidate it? Yeah,
1: I, eBay. Uh, eBay. A lot of eBay. You know, and a lot of those suppliers that were selling me stuff. And at this point, you know, at this point we were probably eighty percent like supplier and twenty percent like other people. Arbitrage. Arbitrage, you yeah. know, and so these suppliers and large vendors, they were actually pretty big businesses. They offered to buy back the inventory. Uh-huh. At a loss, I'm sure. At a, at, of course. <laughs> um, you know, and they, they made it sound like a favor, but at the end of the day, they were making money off of the whole of transaction, and, and it's fine, that's that's business.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, but you, know, you had that trust there, so they were willing to do that. Yeah, you know, and so we got it all shipped out to them and, and some stuff on eBay and whatever, um, and we were able to, you know, get some of the money out of the inventory I mean, and at this point, I had, you know, I bought some duplexes, I had some real estate, and I wanted more real estate. Uh, You know, I love real estate. So I sat there and I was like, what can I buy that would make it so that I can supplement, you know, my current income and make it not as much as I was making, but something. Um, So I went and bought a Church's Chicken. I'm a Church's Chicken franchise owner. All right. Um, And it's a gas station car wash deal. So I was like, okay. Here's another business that I own and operate with the real estate. So even though my sales are down on e-commerce and the electronics business, um, everything will be okay. I have multiple streams of
0: income. Yeah. So you saved up all this money from your business, and now you invested in a, you basically invested in an existing business that already had staff, yeah. operations, and then you just kind of upgraded a bunch of it, and made it better.
1: Yeah. And I was really after the land. You know, it was it's it's a good piece of land in in Plano, Texas. Plano's a good area. You know, so I was I'm always like thinking like oh real estate, real estate, real estate. Um, So I was after that location, and so it was a good deal, you know, and I executed on it. Um, But overall, the only reason that happened was because of this Amazon notice, right? So it's like the end of 2018, we move out. So
0: you're thinking of other things to do. Yeah, Yeah. and and the
1: business at this point is doing 50% revenue what it did in 2018, you know, because that's just what eBay can sustain.
0: Yeah, Apple, you know, if you can't sell Apple
1: on Amazon. Yeah, you you know, and so now I'm in, you know, we're in a warehouse together, and now there's like a couple employees in play. And there's, yeah, you hired
0: your first employee. Yeah, that, that
1: was a big deal. That was a big deal, you yeah. know, and there's like a trust thing there. And yeah, it, w- it was a growing experience. Um, but it's not fun when your business that was doing, you know, numbers that were better and better month after month, all of a sudden, it's your numbers crushed. are going down. It's yeah. frustrating. And you yeah. start questioning whether you want to be in that business. Totally. Um, and so I made a decision in 2019 that said, look, either you were going to take this business and take it to the next level, you know, and you're going to give it everything. Or we're getting out mm-hmm. and we're just going to go find something else. Yeah. At that time, Amazon had just released this thing called the Apple Renewed Program. Uh, and I learned about it mid-2019. So it's like seven, eight months is operating at a lower dollar amount, lower revenue. Um, and I find out about this program, but the requirements to get into the program are just ridiculous. Like they essentially want just really big companies in this program. So, I'm sitting there brainstorming, like, how on earth can I get into this program? How can I make it so I'm selling
0: Apple again? Because yeah. once I get in, there's no competition. Yeah, or, like, or much less. Much, yeah. much It's, m- it's yeah. an exclusive club, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, it's like a couple dozen companies. Yeah. It's not
1: very many. Yep. Um, and so, I sat there and I was like, all right, you know, how can I hit these requirements? So, here it is again, everyone. The goal. He's got yeah. the goal.
0: <laughs> now, he's about to do anything to get the goal.
1: <laughs> and, and I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there, in 2019. You know, we we're, we're I'm running this eBay business. You know, watching you grow your business, uh, which was fantastic, honestly. Um, and so I'm looking at you, and I'm saying, you know, like that's where I want to be. Somebody that has a growing business. What can I do here? I said, all right. Here's what we do. We start buying inventory, uh, you know, in in high volumes, and moving them wholesale at a loss to acquire invoices. That would basically be good enough for to, Amazon to get approved in the program. While I am also, uh, you know, creating a relationship with an account rep at Amazon at Amazon and getting into the non Apple renewed program because we were good to do that. You're just
0: getting renewed, yeah. Regular yeah. renewed, yeah. Yeah, you know, and you get a rep and then you can start bugging them. Yep. Yeah.
1: And I, I flew out to Vegas for um, what's the name of that conference that we go to. Uh, um, oh my gosh,
0: yes. SDS, it's uh, CES. I, CES. yeah. And I meet him yeah. there. Consumer to, Electronics Show. Yes, yeah.
1: yeah. And so I meet him there, you know, and at this point, like, I've been taking losses to buy inventory, to wholesale it, to get this invoice dollar amount, so then I can give it to him so he can submit it for approval. Like, okay, it's a stretch, um, and we're not making money. So I'm like, yeah. all right. So you're buying stuff
0: work. at a loss so you can get this goal of, I want, I'm going to get an Apple renewed.
1: Yeah. Um, And we submit everything at the end of December and I'm so confident because of the rep right this rep at some point is looking at me saying hey We've got it like you're gonna get this So I'm like wow like all right, you know This is gonna be a really really big deal because everybody else in this program is a pretty big business and they
0: Officially on Amazon's website at the time just for context. They were supposedly closing the program at the end of that year. Yep like, no more applications. That's what it said online. Yeah. Whether or not that's true, eh, I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but that is what, the, yeah, what they said officially.
1: And, you know, so I'm, we're, we're in that small space, and you need more space, and I don't need more space, but if I got the program, I need more space. Oh, yeah. We're sharing
0: 1,600-square-foot place. So you're using one office. Yeah. I'm using one office. And we got, like... we got, we like, got a tiny break room. Yeah. And I think we had gotten where we had... Uh, I think Steven the, my camera my amazing camera guy here started working for us around then cool and his sister And I think there's four or five of us. Yeah, and plus two of you. you yeah you Yeah, had yeah, guy? Yeah, so yeah, there's seven of us seven eight of us in this sixteen hundred square foot place with one bathroom <laughs> and, uh, <so laughs> Yeah, and so it's getting cramped. Oh, know? it's getting crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking like I know I know that you're about to rocket off to, to get your own place and I'm just like I'm just yeah you know, I, I don't need to push him. He's gonna he's gonna get there soon. And you did, you know, you you, you get approved. Yeah, of uh, course. we you know we get
1: the approval. And the funny thing is, before we got the approval, I moved to six thousand square feet. Yeah. Right. Like I like took everything. We moved, yeah. and I'm sitting there being like, we got to get the approval because I just signed a lease, yeah. and I really hope we get this.
0: I mean, at this point, I've seen you like <laughs> do so many other things. Um, I, in my mind, I'm just like, yeah, he's gonna get it. Like it's a so hot.
1: Like, I was scared. <laughs> I was, it was you know. Thank you. But it was. It was scary, and uh, and we got it, and that was it. You know, we, we hired more people. We you know started dealing only with big suppliers, and we essentially made our company uh, deserving of that renewed status. Yeah. And when you look at Amazon as a whole, like you know, yeah, did I hate Amazon in 2018? Yeah, but are their customers better served right now because I'm working out of a warehouse and we have employees and there's quality assurance checks and all sorts of things, systems in mm-hmm. play, SOPs. Um, that make us a way better business, which in turn ends up having us ship a better product to the customer. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't hate them for doing that.
0: Getting into that renewed program rocketed you from sharing one office with one employee to moving to like a, what, 7,000 square feet? Or 6,000 feet. And then Uh, now you've got five, six people? Uh, yep. Six people, you know, and,
1: and we're moving again to 10,000 feet, um, you know, we're buying a warehouse, and that's that's going to be something that's quite exciting, right? Like we get this new, yeah, we get we get this new amount of space. We get to design it the way we want. And we get you to hire more people—that's that's the win. And we own it, yeah. Um, and we get to push more products, and it, that's something that I look at and I go, okay, like this is fun again, right? Because sometimes yeah. things get stagnant, and you're like, all right, you know, yeah. you're going to plateau. But you look at the business, and you go, no, I can increase sales. I can increase the number of devices yeah. we push through. Yeah. Um,
0: and I, I guess I just want to bring up real quick as we were running through your story, you know, on your journey, uh, there, I, I kind of want to maybe go back a little bit and, and talk about maybe some of the. There's a lot of ups and downs, right, Al- oh, yeah. along the way. Like emotionally, there's things that happen where, like, there's periods of time where you just feel like everything's going wrong. <laughs> yeah, when it rains, it pours. Totally. <laughs> so maybe what's what's one of those times, like. What's one of those periods, maybe during this transition, because it's such a—I mean, in business, there's there's as an entrepreneur, it's the thing that makes it so difficult is that you learn a whole bunch of stuff, right? So even we go back to the very beginning of your story, you know, the first thing you did, you 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 get a phone, um, and you can't sell it because you need to unlock it, and so then you spend two days figuring out how to unlock it, right? So there's like problem. Spend a bunch of time learning how to fix it and then solution and then okay, you, you you figure that out. But at every single growth stage, there's something different and new you have to learn. Totally. So no, it's like no matter how much you learn, as you grow, you, you come up against a new wall and now there's something else you have to learn. So some of the biggest transitions are, you know, going from your house to an actual commercial space. That's a scary thing. Yeah. You know? And then and then it's hiring your first person. That's a scary thing. Yeah. And then it's, uh, you know, trying to lead a team. That, you got to be, I mean, that's difficult because, you know, your team kind of looks at the things that you say and do more. So that's a complicated dynamic. You know, you want to be a good leader, but there's also the business aspect of it. So anyway, I'm saying a lot to say, like, what's some of the, during these different transitions, what are some of the kind of like rocky low points that maybe people didn't see that you'd be okay talking about?
1: Sure. Um, You know, like, I think... If you're gonna be in business, you have to be okay taking losses. There is no business that I know of that doesn't take losses. And how you deal with those losses or how your you know, your coworkers or anybody that that's how they're gonna assess how good of a leader you are. Yeah. Um are you a person that's gonna take, you know, get hit with the loss and you're gonna throw a fit or you're gonna be upset about it, you're gonna let it affect your mood? Um and that used to be me, you know, but like throughout the journey you kinda of sit there and you go, How bad is it? Just tell me how bad is it? And we can yeah. we can bounce. Um, you know, the twenty eighteen news really hurt. You know, like that was like a slap in the face that I'll never forget. You probably lost that, you maybe
0: know. 20, 30 percent, something like that. I would imagine. It probably of yeah. your liquidity. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah definitely. You yeah. know, yeah, totally. That's, um, that's, a, that's a, that was bad. That's like a bad um, start. That's like a stock market correction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know,
1: totally. You know, so I've <laughs> I've lost money doing that. And there's like a bunch of the graveyard's big, and the graveyard continues to grow. I think, um, as far as like ideas and money that I've thrown into different places, where you kind of look at it and you go, well, that failed, and that failed. Um, and then with this particular business, I think it's very Amazon oriented, where you sit there and you go, how many times has Amazon sent sent us a notice, taken down a listing, you know, blocked yeah. the account for for this, or for yeah. that, um, where you feel like that wasn't justified.
0: But I re- I really think that the failure and what you learn from it is just so necessary for the journey. Like people get really caught up in in the in the mistakes and the failures, but I heard this quote somewhere, you know, failure is temporary. Failure is not a permanent thing, you know, we've both made plenty of mistakes and failed in business, you know, probably hundreds of times. But at the end of the day, it's the perseverance and the, what you learned through that that gets you through. So, you know, what was, when you were making that transition from going from the 1600 sharing with me to the, to the next size up warehouse, what was some of the kind of like valleys you had to go through to make that transition? Uh, we had no software. Zero, yeah, Microsoft Excel, Google Sheets, <laughs> yeah, no, no software. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was very interesting to me. It's like when you think of overhead, especially when you're starting off, you're like, well, employees, uh, rent, electric bill, you know, mm-hmm. internet, da 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 da. Mm-hmm. You you don't sit there and go software, like that's like something that you just you know what's running your business. Sure. Um, and so and it's not like it's a, like one size fits all situation.
0: Yeah.
1: Y- your software stack's can be different than somebody else's and you have different needs and the way you operate's different. Even a business that's doing the exact same thing that you do or that I do has a different uh, type of software that they use and a different way they operate. Um, so like, getting those SOPs down, not just for your plan of action that you're submitting or something, but actually looking at your business and evaluating it and being like, what is everybody's role? Who do they report to? How can you motivate them on a daily basis? Dealing with COVID, dealing with regulation, and then dealing with Amazon market changes, all sorts of stuff. It's a learning curve. Every day you're sitting there learning something new. Uh, You know, yeah, every day, you know, you come to work, you walk in, you go, what is a fire that I'm going to put out
0: today, or what problem am I going to tackle today? Um, There's a ton of them. Yeah, definitely. So, when did you I guess I want to do want to talk a little bit about the real estate so you've got this electronics business that you've developed but you also have gotten into real estate investing so when did you first start doing that and like was the thing that motivated you to do that the whole Amazon changing the rules so that crushed your business and then you're looking for other income or other investment opportunities or what was the thing that kind of got you going in that direction
1: um, so it was before that you know the, the first property I ever bought was 2016 um, after I bought you know, a house, I was looking for a rental property. Um, just because I, I believed in that type of, like, business. Like, I was like, okay, you know, like, real estate's great, rent is good. Uh, comparatively, like, Texas had really good ROI versus New York or California. Um, you know, you could essentially invest $100,000 in, in Texas, and I'm, that's just a number that's easy to evaluate, right? So it's $100,000 to make $1,000 a month in real estate in Texas. And like those numbers right now, like anyone that like does real estate that could be listening to this is gonna be like, you're a liar, like you know what I mean? Like that doesn't that's that number is so ridiculous because in California, if you invest $100,000 in real estate, you're paying out of pocket to pay the mortgage just because you want to hold the property and watch it appreciate, and you're really doing it for the appreciation and the equity. But in Texas, no, that property cash flows. Your appreciation may not be that high, but that property will cash flow. Mm -hmm. So. When I looked at it that way, I was like, well, this market at some point may catch up to what California is, or close to it, Mm -hmm. um, and these deals won't be available, so if you can grab a couple, grab a couple. And just hold them and And let them. just hold them and let them cash flow. Um, And so in in October 2016, I was able to buy a duplex, and that was like my first property um, that I ever bought.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, with the real estate thing, what what is the what's like the biggest challenges there obviously deal flows like how do you find deal flow with in properties to invest in and, and you know you're saving up money in your business and then you're investing a portion of that money in real estate so but how are you actually like finding properties um i have a really really good
1: realtor i have a good relationship with with the realtor um you know who's also a family friend and he sends me off market listings i mean like back 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 then. Uh, a good deal was like, I, any deal was a decent deal. Yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. They, they like all cash flow. Uh, like right now you like hunt for a deal that'll even like cash flow something decent. But back in the day, if you had the money, you could find the deal. That's kind of like how it was. Now, like today, everybody has the money. There aren't deals. Yeah. But back then it was, oh, you have the down payment or you have the amount to buy the property? Go for
0: it. Yeah, Here's yeah. Which one do you want? There's... There's this many in the market. So there's more, supp- there's more housing supply. Absolutely. So that, yeah, that is an interesting dynamic that has sort of been sparked by the pandemic because there's been so much government assistance and aid that now, uh, now investors are cash heavy. Yep. Um, so this is causing inflation and in asset prices. So we're seeing real estate prices substantially increase. That
1: and I wasn't competing with investors outside of Texas. Uh, you know at that time i was i was just like okay people in texas want this deal i want this deal people in texas want these returns i want these returns we're good now it's like you got people from new york and california and all sorts of investors being like oh i want to put my money in texas and mm-hmm. you're sitting there us people in texas are looking at it being like so well, increased we're not competition. yeah like we're not used to those returns we're not used to buying this type of deal so mm-hmm. we won't do it like a lot of people from texas won't do it they'll say oh hey it's a bubble oh hey you know yeah. Everything is inflated, yeah. but if you really assess it and evaluate it from like their
0: perspective, they're yeah. like,
1: "No, this is a good price." Yeah,
0: well, yeah. Uh, the The concept of a good deal is subjective. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So for for someone in a market up there, you know, like you mentioned, they're used to a certain amount of return versus someone here. And when those people start coming down here to invest, it changes the whole supply demand totally. um situation. Yeah. So. We've talked uh, about a good portion of your journey, and I feel like we'll, we'll probably have to come back another time to get get the rest of it. Um, Cause I don't want I don't want to try to rush through it. Cause I, this is a mind. good session. Like I feel like we got a lot of your story captured here, um, and I want to make sure we do the rest of it justice. Um, but just th- of the things we've talked, about, for the people that are listening, you know, I'm hoping that. Uh, get some people that are just interested in business entrepreneurship. They just want to hear from, you know, like I said, you're someone that started with nothing. You, you built a certain amount, you lost it all, you built again, and then you've done several different things. And just so people can just see like that journey, that struggle, hopefully they'll get some ideas. Um, For someone that is like thinking about starting, what, you know, what advice would you give? Like, I know it's hard to give advice to like a non-specific person, but like, in general, what what kind of advice would you get for people that want to get into business or investing or something like that?
1: Um, pick pick one thing and go. Like, there's like so many things you can pick, and I understand that that makes it difficult. So just pick one and go and execute. Um, that's like the first thing, and probably like the second thing I'd say is like who you hang out with is a big deal. And I know people say that a lot. Like your circle is really important. Um, but one of the things like when I was into everything was like. Yeah, you'd, you'd work really hard, you know, and do the work or run around and pick up stuff or you go to the office a lot, but like when you're out at a bar grabbing a beer or you're at a restaurant having a meal, whoever you're with, if you're also talking about business just because that's naturally what you do, like if you and I meet up, we just end up talking about Amazon, yeah. guess what? That's helping you, and uh, so if you surround yourself with people that are doing the same thing, that are trying to, you know, hit the same goals, naturally, you will actually do better, so keep that in mind.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah that the, the the dinner thing just sparked a memory in my mind of you know back in the in the arbitrage days <clears throat> yeah, at a certain point every, everywhere i would go i was having you know people meet me there to sell me phones you know <laughs> you're talking about driving back and forth between garland and arlington and you know picking stuff up along the way and yeah it's it's it's, it's good memories you yeah. know the, those those early days of just always negotiating deals um you know, the, the the final topic I did want to talk about today, you know, just b- before we go. So, you know, I'm, I'm naming this channel Faith and Entrepreneurship. And that's because these are two really core values that, like, I just... It's what inspires me and it's what drives me, both of those things. And so um, I also think the word faith, like, gets a bad rap and it has, you know, so, some people kind of think of it in a kind of a negative light. So I'm curious, like, when... I used, like when you think of the word faith, like what does it mean to you? Like, does it have any negative connotations or like what what would you say? So I grew up in a like very religious family.
1: Okay, uh, My parents are pretty religious. Um, you know, and they come from a tight knit community. And so like, I've had a lot of exposure mm-hmm. um, to religion mm-hmm. and you could try to say that they're separate, um, you know, but to me, they just kind of automatically kind of bind together. Um, you know, faith is belief. To me, it's just belief. And whether you have faith in yourself, you believe in yourself, you have faith in others, um, that's just kind of like what it what resonates to me. I don't think it necessarily has to be tied to God or religion, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think if you have faith in something or you have faith in yourself, um, you just have belief that you'll do it. You'll make it.
0: Totally. Yeah, so that that is that is one big aspect of faith that I want to emphasize with, you know, anyone that watches or listens is that, yes, I definitely think that there's there's religious faith. Obviously, you know all, all of the major world relig- religions talk about faith, but I don't only use the term in the religious sense. It has a just strictly um, plain sense of like the word just means confidence or trust in in like and, and so confidence or trust could be like you mentioned confidence in yourself. So I, I view faith as um, an essential attribute of the entrepreneur, like. You gotta believe in yourself. You gotta and and part of faith is like being able to risk something with like if you have confidence in yourself, like in those in those early years, you take so many risks as an entrepreneur. Oh yeah. And you wouldn't take those risks if you didn't have faith. If you didn't have confidence that like there's a goal that you're aiming at and you think you can get there. And you just do what you need to do. So I you know, that's that's part of the reason like I, I, I'm naming the channel this is because I really see faith is such an essential attribute for entrepreneurs. Um, so I guess I'm curious, would you say that like your your uh, religious upbringing had any sort of impact on like your personal goals or values or your business journey? Like was there any aspects there where it influenced you? Um, sure, yeah, you know, the
1: the community in the, it's a small sect of Muslim, you know, like that I grew up in um, called the Smiley's and so, you know, Very business oriented community.
0: Small it is, yeah.
1: Uh, You know, and um, they got their own bank, and got you know own brokers and own deals, and and sort you know. So everybody basically wants everybody else to be successful. It's a huge push towards being a doctor, a lawyer, entrepreneur. Um, Basically, just making sure that you live up to your full uh, yeah. Lost the word potential. Potential. There you go. Live up to your full potential.
0: It's small. You guys have the Aga Khan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so you know so grew up like in that entire family where it was like very much you know be religious and and pray and, and all that kind of stuff um, I'm like not so much you know like in the religion but I definitely see value in the community and I understand why community is important you know?
0: yeah 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 totally I, it, was, it was so curious to me when I found out that like you came from the Mali tradition because um, you know I, I've been interested in Islam for, a decade or so and I think that it's really important as Westerners and as Americans to make an effort to understand other religions, especially Islam, because it is the second largest religion in the world. I mean there's over a billion Muslims in the world. And um, the first person that I had a lot of interactions with that was a Muslim was this guy named Khalil because we were in different philosophy groups together and he has a blog and he actually just graduated I think from Harvard with his Ph.D. in Islamic studies wow. recently and so we used to talk a lot and he's an Ismali And so he's always posting stuff about the Aga Khan and there's a very rich you know philosophical tradition with especially within the, the Ismali branch and it is a a, a Pretty they are a very business oriented community. Yeah, which I found interesting. And There's like, you know, just being candid lots of very wealthy Ismaili <laughs> muslims there yeah, yeah, I, sure. you know i i have I've, I've come across i th- i thought it was really interesting that uh you know i, I found out that, that that was your background as well um so i guess i'm, d- I'm just am too in your life today like w- where do you kind of stand on like the god question You're like would you call yourself a muslim or would you like i know you said that you have a respect for that and like you see the value in the community but would you identify yourself as a muslim in that in your in, in any type of way, or what would you say?
1: I, I would identify myself as an smiley more than I would anything else. Okay. You yeah. know, for sure. And I grew up in that community, and I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but that being said, like, you know, I'm married outside the community, and so, and, and, I, and I know a lot of wonderful people outside the community. And sometimes when you're in a tight-knit community, there's a barrier to meeting people outside the community.
0: Yeah. And yeah. so,
1: you know, as long as that barrier doesn't exist in whatever tight knit community you're in, that's that's good, you know. But if you like restrain yourself or uh, use that as a constraint to only associate with people within the community, you're not doing yourself any favors. Um, you've got to be able to communicate with people outside and meet all sorts of religions and and people with different views yeah, and yeah. communicate with them. And you're going to see a lot of stuff that's similar and a lot of stuff that isn't. And you have to yeah. be okay with that. Um, so you know, I think as long as you're open to that, fantastic. If you're not like, then there's some personal growth that might need to be done for you to, you know, be able to get to that level.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, you, know, you mentioned it's a close knit community, and people tend to mostly just associate with people in that community. You know, my background very similar. My my family, the people that I grew up around, mostly associated with people in the same religious community, and um, you know, I think that there's there's this kind of tribal aspect that tends to develop within just human groups um, that I I find very interesting. And one of the things that uh, started to frustrate me, even I've I've always been very curious about religious things, you know, from asking questions about God and stuff since I was very young. And, you know, uh, I heard lots of, um, you know, just kind of critical negative things about, you know, Islam and Muslims. And like, as I started kind of looking into it more myself is like, very easy to see that like people were just not educated about the religion and so th- i'm sure that as you for you i'm i want i'm curious like growing up did you experience you know any negative stuff from having that background and your family being most like in america was that a struggle for you guys uh totally you know 9 um, 911 kind of just like really you
1: know i was a kid but it wasn't until you know after I started to become aware of like that type of you know like yeah. racism or prejudice and, you know so you kind of go into school and at some point like you do get picked on or you know it's it's small things when people think of bullying it's like it's very it's a very like specific picture in people's minds right mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't always have to be that it's not yeah. always somebody bigger than you punching you in the face or, or taking your lunch money no it's subtle
0: you yeah. know
1: and it's like words or it's being left out of certain parties or groups or whatever. And so, yeah, that, that tends to happen, especially if you live in a small suburb in Texas. Yeah. Uh, before it was diverse. Yeah. And so you, you feel some of that in middle school or high school from all levels, whether it's teachers or your peers, um, and you kind of just have to go through it. But the part about it that's frustrating is, I'm, telling, I'm sitting here talking to you about how you should break out of this tight-knit community and you should be open and go and talk to people with different views. That's very difficult to do when everybody looks at it and says, you're part of the community so you better you probably think this way or yeah. you know we put you in a box because of this and this and yeah. this oh yes uh, well then how can I possibly communicate with you when yeah. you're already putting me in that situation Yeah. so stereotyping yeah you exactly know. it's, I, I it's a little frustrating
0: um, Yeah, and you know that's part of the reason I wanted to talk about these things it's really it's really important to me to reach across the aisle and talk with people that have different backgrounds different experiences and just try to understand those experiences and have a dialogue because I think that it makes all of us better you know, me growing up as, you know, just white American dude, like, like you are saying, when you are a kid, like, I don't know exactly the age, but at a certain point, a certain age, you start to kind of realize these prejudices and these things between different, uh, different groups. You know, like when I, when I was young, I had, I had lots of black friends and uh, a- Asian friends, and I, as a kid, I don't remember thinking anything differently or weird about them. But at a certain point, at a certain age, you start to realize, like, people do get treated differently or stereotyped because of those things. But, like, when you're a kid, you, you don't know what to do about it. It's just kind of weird, you know? So, like, for you being, I would imagine you may have been on the receiving end of some of that growing up. And I'm curious if that had any impact on your entrepreneurial drive. Um, like this, you know, you're you come from an immigrant family, a Muslim background, and, like, did that provide any type of drive for you to like want to succeed. Do you think that was a factor at all? Um yeah, know, you know, I, like it's
1: like a little chip on your shoulder, you know. Yeah. Where you're kind of like, you know, you're in this new place or you're or maybe you're dealing with people that aren't from your community or whatever. And so you do want to exceed and do really really well cuz you want to be like, no, like you know, like we're good people. Like give us a shot, you know, like kind of like that. Yeah. Um and so yeah, and you want a lot of exposure to people that are not from that same background so you can kind of say, "Hey, like you should know what we're really about, you know, versus what you may have heard of or or whatnot. Um, I'll tell you something else, like growing up, I was in choir, so. Me too. Nice, so you know, <laughs> all through middle school, all through high school, I was in choir, and, and yeah, yeah. part of the, the nature of being in choir is like you, you sing a lot at churches, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's a lot of, um, you know, Christian music and, and stuff, and so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was doing that yeah, a yeah. lot, constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there was never a bad message, everything was great, but something I noticed was I'm like, these are the same messages you know like I was like there's so much that is similar between mm. these religions uh, that if people just sat there for a second and actually read you know just because it's in Arabic yeah. or in a different language yeah doesn't mean the meaning at the end of the day is different be a good person be kind to others like this is something that's
0: true in all religions the, so. the moral teachings in Islam and Christianity have many parallels many, yeah. many similarities. Yeah. yeah. I mean you know, the, the, they're both heavily influenced by the Old Testament I mean Islam affirms the Old Testament I believe and even I think they would say that the New Testament is corrupted but Still a lot of the the teachings would still like they they view Jesus as a prophet. Yeah So they even even though you know Christians we see Jesus as like God incarnate You know even calling him a prophet is still like a big deal It's like it's still someone that you would take seriously, right? like Muhammad was also Considered prophet. a prophet mm-hmm. so they're calling Jesus a prophet. It's like well, then they they, they take the things that he said seriously still So there there's there's plenty of things we can find common ground on and I get so frustrated with um, the like you mentioned the you, Identifying someone as part of a group and then stereotyping them and shutting down Conversation because of are that group and I think I think what it's created in our culture and it's done the same thing to me is this hesitant, this hesitancy, to even identify yourself as part of the group.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Right. Like when I go into places, sometimes like I just, uh, I, I almost don't want to say I'm a Christian, you know, like because it's like I know that boom box, stereotyped. And then in my head I'm like, well, I shouldn't care what people think. You're, I'm kind of just being a wuss if I'm not willing. So I mean, I'm, I'm definitely willing to identify myself, but I just, I, I, I catch myself. Thinking about the dynamics that that causes, and the and the uh, the implicit assumptions people are going to make about me because of that. Yeah. And I would imagine for you, it's even worse because it's a minority faith, right? In a culture yeah. that is completely uh, people people just don't understand the faith, and so you know there there would be potentially even more of a hesitancy to say, oh yes, I am part of this community, because then people. Have these types of assumptions? That yeah,
1: you over overanalyzing everything, and then you yeah. know, and that's why a lot of people in the community just associate with people in the community. It's a little yeah. easier, you know. But there's there's two billion Muslims plus, you know, and I think there's, you now I may be wrong about this, but I think there's like 20 million Ismailis. there's like one percent. Oh yeah, maybe they, yeah. It is a smaller. Uh, it, it's a wow. very small group, and so. You know, like we had like all the chain migrations. Everyone like you know got in the same spot, like Dallas or Houston or L. Cal- a. Like that's yeah. basically what happened.
0: Oh yeah, that. And right. so you like
1: yeah. they like get in these communities, and then they just yeah. buy real estate or houses next to the the their mosque called Jamath, kind of so, you know, They do that, and um, and then they all associate with each other. And, and like it's it's not a bad thing. It's it's this is typical for immigration. You know, chain right. migration. It's it's what they do. Yeah. Um, and so, but the reason that it's done yeah. is because of this, right? You don't want to be put in a box. You don't want to go into a place that you're not familiar with and have everybody judge you and start being stereoty- start stereotyping you.
0: So they come in groups so they have the support. Yeah. it seems smart to me. Yeah,
1: you know, that's kind of how it works. It's, it's good, but there's also bad with it, right? Where I say, like, you got to still be able to break the barriers and communicate outside um, yeah. in order for the group itself
0: to progress. Totally. You know, and gain some respect in the yeah. in society and in that community. Yeah. Um, so. So I was thinking back on the thing you said in the beginning about your grandfather kind of funding a, a, a bunch of your family to come here. Did he? Do you know? Have you ever asked your dad? Um, or no, I guess it was your mom's dad. You said right. Yeah. Did you have you ever asked your mom? Did he have any type of like religious motivations for doing that? Like. Totally. Okay. I'm so curious, Aga I'm Khan. Curious right, right, like you that. like
1: mentioned Aga Khan, right? But yeah. like uh, back in the day. He was like hey move to the west like canada or america like you need to move and you know being very religious he was like yep no problem sell the business what you said done like blind following that and you know so interesting yeah he's like you need to push education he's very much like educate women educate um you know everybody yeah uh, so that you guys can be a productive member of society like that's really what it was um and so now when you look at Smiley's in particular, uh, uh, very taboo to not go to college. Very taboo to not go to college.
0: Yeah. Um, you know. So that's interesting. So the, the Aga Khan at that time was encouraging people to come to the West. Yeah. And so that was part of your grandfather's motivation for selling his business and sending his family here. Totally. And he stayed in India? No, no, no. He came right after. Oh, he came. He got
1: okay. everybody, and then he came. and then Yeah. Okay. I have very little family in India right now. Um, most everybody is here. Wow. Um, my uncle, uh, my my grandfather taught me a lot. You know, he passed away early, but he taught me a lot. Um, and two things that I'll always remember: yeah, he taught me how to drive a car. You know, like sit on his lap he drive a steering wheel, And he taught me how to play chess.
0: Oh, um, okay, But yeah, yeah, yeah. I got
1: to share the story. You know, he was a lot of times when you like have somebody that's older than you teaching you how to do something. Yeah. Like, like let you win. Not like let you win. Like <laughs> hey. Yeah. Yeah never, yeah. never. I love that. I never. love her I love that. Just, I mean, like, oh, okay. ruthless. Like, he would just, we played chess. We played chess every day. We played chess.
0: And he'd just crush you. And just, <laughs> just,
1: me, you know, just like, oh, man. I love. So,
0: that, see, <laughs> that's I, just what I remember about yeah, him. Yeah, no, See, it's little things like that in our development that I think plants seeds. Um, uh, I think that maybe it could be the case that he taught you from a young age that, like, nothing comes easy in life. Yeah, no one's going to get no one's going to go easy on you, buddy. Yeah. I'm your grandfather. I'm <laughs> not going easy. I'm not on going you. easy on you. You got to earn the right to beat me in chess. Yeah, I never beat him. I never <laughs> beat him. not once. I never beat him.
1: Uh, I wish uh, I could play him today. Maybe I'd give him a run for his money, but uh, Yeah, yeah.
0: That's that's cool. Um, yeah, no, I think that that's uh, that, that's an interesting story. Well I think that's a good place for us to wrap it up. You know, this was fun. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. This was, this was really great. Yeah, yeah. We didn't get through your whole journey, but you know, that's we right. we can we can do this again. I think I think this was this was solid. So, you know, I hope I hope that everybody enjoyed um, you know, this episode, just um, going through a Hodge journey and kind of seeing the struggle and you know, hopefully you got some inspiration out of that and you can kind of see that like the entrepreneurial journey is it's it's rough. It's difficult. There's there's a lot of failure there's a lot of you know just in the gutter like what did I why did I do this you know the, the I told you so stuff after he you know I can't even imagine like making tens of thousands of dollars in high school and then investing all of it in in the business and then just failing like that would I don't know if I could have recovered from that like at such a young age like I mean I've had moments in my journey where I've lost huge amounts um, and then had to recover, but uh, not. I, I was a little bit older, so I think maybe a little bit more. Um, I guess able to handle it. But anyways, so hopefully this was this was fun for you guys, and you know we'll we'll pick it up in the future, and uh, yeah. So thanks thanks everybody for listening, and we'll we'll uh, catch you next time.